Welcome to the Bob Siegel Show podcast on the Cross Global Media Radio Network. Visit cgmradio.com slash bob to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Welcome to our sanctuary, a sanctuary for skeptics and doubters, a place where anybody can feel free to submit a question. Sometimes these questions come from Christians who are told in church by their very own pastors, you need to just have faith. Other times it comes from skeptics, skeptics who feel that the Bible is filled with contradictions. Today I'm going to read to you a passage which is riddled with controversy on several points. I've gotten questions from Christians about this. I've gotten accusations from atheists about this. You're just gonna love it. It comes from Jesus. It's from the Gospel of Matthew. I'm reading from Matthew chapter 12, verses 38 through 40. Then some of the Pharisees and teachers of the law said to him, Teacher, we want to see a miraculous sign from you. He answered, A wicked and adulterous generation asks for a miraculous sign, but none will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Okay, a lot of stuff here. First of all, why is Jesus claiming there will be no miraculous signs when he's already done all kinds of miracles that we've already read right in this Gospel of Matthew. And we're in the middle of the Gospel of Matthew, so there's going to be a lot more. So obviously he's not saying he's never again going to do another miracle. What's going on here? Well, a little bit about the context. The Pharisees and teachers of the law who were always asking him to prove himself that he was the Messiah by a sign or a wonder would have been very disappointed if they ever saw one, and they'd already seen some. He had already right in front of them. In fact, it was just earlier. This is why scripture needs to be looked at in context. Earlier in this very same chapter, Matthew chapter 12, and of course they didn't even have chapters and verses in those days. Earlier in this narrative of Matthew that was written continuously, this very same time, this very same day, Jesus had healed a person and cast out a demon, and the Pharisees seeing this miraculous sign said, oh, well you did that by the power of Satan. Now it is possible for Satan, God's enemy who likes to counterfeit and camouflage the miracles of God, he can sometimes do miracles. The Antichrist will do miracles. The magicians in Pharaoh's court tried to duplicate some of the miracles of Moses. So it's not that that was outside of the realm of possibility. It's just that the Pharisees came up with that idea because Jesus had been challenging their hypocrisy. If he hadn't been challenging their hypocrisy, if he'd been saying, hey, the Pharisees are really a great bunch of guys, follow them, heed them, listen to them, they'd say, well, you know, this Jesus person makes sense. Perhaps he is the Messiah after all. So anyway, they were very motivated to not want to see a sign. They'd already dismissed a sign. And so we're talking here not just about any miracle, but something definitive. Something that absolutely declares Jesus as the Messiah. Jesus is alluding to the fact that he's going to be resurrected from the dead. That's going to be the ultimate sign. And he compares that to the story of Jonah, which we'll look at in a moment. But staying on this subject right now, reasons why signs are not a good thing to ask for when the motive of the person asking is to hopefully not see the sign, which certainly was the case with the Pharisees. Also, people get too obsessed 
possessed with power for power's sake. God does miracles for purposes, to bring us closer to him, to develop our character. If we get obsessed with power, then Satan might be the one to come and give that alternative counterfeit power. So that's where I wanted to start. Jesus is not saying he'll never do a miracle again. He is questioning the motives for asking for those, and the definitive miracle heralding in the coming of the Messiah is going to be his resurrection from the dead. And he compares it to Jonah. Now, a lot of things about Jonah. Obviously, people think this is a fairy tale, but Jesus is talking as if Jonah really existed. Some people say, well, I believe in Jesus. I just don't believe in all those Old Testament fables. Can't have it both ways, friends. Jesus is talking about Jonah as if he really existed. And the Bible doesn't really say Jonah was swallowed by a whale. And even this translation, big fish, the word there in Hebrew was some kind of sea monster. We don't know what it was. We do know that it was a miracle. You don't get swallowed up and survive. If he survived in that thing before it spit him on the shore, that was a miracle. If he died and rose from the dead, that was also a miracle. Jonah had been commanded by God to go and preach. He had disobeyed God. He'd gone the opposite direction. There was a storm. He was thrown overboard. This sea monster swallowed him up, spit him out. We actually learn something that we don't see in the book of Jonah. And this little insight I find absolutely fascinating. Jesus is comparing Jonah being in the belly of the great sea monster three days and three nights with him being in the grave three days and three nights. Why is he making that comparison? Well, you remember in the story of Jonah, Jonah went and told the people of Nineveh, you're going to die in 40 days. God's going to destroy you because of your wickedness. He never even said he's going to destroy you unless you repent. The idea of repenting, they came up with all on their own. They said, let's listen to this guy. Maybe we should turn from our sins. Maybe his God will spare us. It wasn't very common for people to listen to prophets. Usually in Israel, they ignored their own prophets. This was a foreign country. These people weren't even Israelites. They didn't even believe in the one and true God of the universe who they would have thought was just the Israeli God. Why did they suddenly turn? Because apparently somebody saw Jonah spit upon the shore and he said to himself, no sea monster spits out a human being who continues to survive. And this news somehow made its way back to Nineveh. They were thinking, we should listen to this guy. Nobody could go through what he did unless a real God was behind him. We should listen to him. So Jesus is providing an insight into the story of Jonah that we don't even read. When we read the book of Jonah in the Old Testament, somebody witnessed Jonah being spilled upon the shore. But there's another controversy here, and I've saved the greatest for last. This one comes up often in my dialogues with atheists. This one you could read about on atheist websites where they list all these contradictions. There's this accusation that Jesus was a false prophet. Either that or he didn't know how to count. When we read about the crucifixion of Jesus, we realize that he was crucified sometime Friday afternoon getting close to evening. He was in the grave all day and all night Saturday, and then he rose from the dead Sunday morning. You do not get three days and three nights out of that, and people go, aha, definite contradiction in the Bible. Well, my friends, you've heard me say this before. We need to look at the Bible in lieu of the culture it was originally written for, what it meant to the original readers, what it meant to the original people who heard Jesus live saying this is what it must mean to us. 
In the ancient Hebrew culture, any part of a day was considered a whole day. We actually have a quotation from one of their ancient rabbis saying this. And so when Jesus said three days and three nights, all that would have needed to happen was for him to be in the grave part of Friday, part of Saturday, and part of Sunday, and they would call that three days and three nights. That would not have been considered a contradiction to them. Now we look at that with our 21st century sensibilities and errors. And we say, well, that's stupid. Why are they talking that way? Doesn't matter. That's the way they talk. That's the way they communicated. They used great hyperbole. So it's not a contradiction. Jesus is using a very unusual, very specific to the Hebrew culture type of prophecy called typology. He's saying, here's an event from scripture that is similar or analogous to a greater event that's going to happen in my life. As Jonah was in the sea monster three days and three nights, the son of man will be in the grave three days and three nights. And his resurrection from the dead, that's the ultimate sign that he was who he claimed to be. My friends, the Bible has been around a long time. Every time people think they've nailed it, turns out they haven't. This is Bob Siegel making the obvious obvious.